0: out episode number 16, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to, because life is too short for bad shit. I'm Eric. I'm Jason. So uh, the faithful listeners out there might be wondering if this is now a quarterly podcast. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Uh, Both Jason and I have had a little bit of a workmageddon going on, so unfortunately we haven't been able to record because we haven't mostly been in the same city for more than 24 hours in the last month and a half or so it's true man it's been a run yeah what's new what's new santos (sighs) on the road man i've been
1: i had like um it's the first like extended trip i've been on i think without you in a while yeah um so you must have missed me well, oh, you of were- <laughs> course I did.
0: I, I cried myself to sleep every night. But
1: <laughs> sure you did. Sure you did. I did pretty well. Um, you know, I was all over. But I got to tell you though, I had like this terrible stretch of like ordering. I, I usually I pride myself on on being able to read a restaurant and right. know what's good. You normally order for the whole table. I do. I do. <laughs> and um, yeah, I had this terrible stretch where like everything I ordered was just the worst freaking thing on the menu. Like, I don't know what it was just like inedible to the point of being inedible.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: Yeah. So then I ended up eating a bunch of shit and got like, I think I, I don't know. I gained like 3000 pounds
0: drinking beer. You know how it is. It's rough on the road. It's brutal. So you're out of your normal routines. You're, there's no, really not much incentive to take care of yourself.
1: (laughs) No, there isn't. There isn't. Except you're around, like, other people, you right. know? And you're like, all right, I can't completely Yeah, I mean, myself.
0: it's one thing if you're in Pasadena. <laughs> you're going and getting, like, fresh-pressed juice or whatever. Exactly. And everyone around you is, like, exercising and super fit. And beautiful. But when you're in, like, West Virginia.
1: Dude. Know, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Just extra deep-fried pickles.
0: So did you have any remarkable meals on your travels? Um, I...
1: I, okay, um, I think probably the best one, and I was on the road for just just under a month, three and a half weeks, pretty right. much. Um, so a lot of dinners out. The most memorable was um was uh, God, I won't remember the name of it now, but it's the oldest um, Japanese restaurant in Seattle, huh? Hundred and nine years old. Um, I I can't believe I don't remember the name of it. Um, but it was fabulous. It was not pretentious, not fancy. Like if you if you didn't know about this place or read up about it, you just waltz in and be like, all right, whatever. Right. Um. So to anybody like wondering, it's you, you just Google the oldest Japanese restaurant in Seattle. So this place like went through like. All the... I mean, 109 years old in the Japanese community went through all the shit, like the internment camps, everything, you know? Wow. And one of its dishwashers famously went on to be Prime Minister of Japan. Holy cow. A dishwasher at this place. That's amazing. Isn't that nuts? Crazy, yeah. So, um... It's a, um... Yeah, it's just a... It's... I guess it's a kind of...
0: Japanese, yeah.
1: Yeah, kind of. Like, it's, um... You know, it's equal parts like sushi, um, but kind of prides itself on its small plates. So, like, um, grilled um, – so the fish out there is amazing anyway, right? Right, You're out from that part of the world. Um, Here, let me adjust this here. I'm going to make some noise. Um, So the fish is killer, but um, they had this grilled halibut cheek that was out of this world. It was seven bucks.
0: Holy cow!
1: Yeah, so did that one. Then again and again, unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's because it's super small. You know what I mean. Once you get into it, you're like, holy shit, this is killer. Um, But super fun, like and not expensive.
0: Like you know, I mean, you can get out of sight with Japanese for sure, especially sushi. If you go to like a high end sushi place, we went to a place there called Noshino. That was like one of the best sushi place, sushi meals I've had in my life. Yeah. Uh, and we were on um just finished up a really long, really grueling shoot for a client. It's uh-huh. Microsoft actually. And we Brad Cersei and I just decided to stick it to, <laughs> to <him>. the <laughs> client. This, this is old world. This is <laughs> Prezius Jones. This is like still in advertising. Fair enough. So we were just like, let's Let's go. I think we had like seven or eight courses. We just kept going. Like, I've never tried snow crab. Have you ever had snow crab? Let's try it. You know, it just like kept going. Went I for was it. was really, really good.
1: Yeah. But it, yeah, the check was out of control, right? It's stupid. I think stupid. it was for two people. It was
0: like 380 bucks or it's, 400 bucks. It's just like stupid. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's rare that you indulge like that. Yeah. So that was killer. I'll tell you the other thing that
1: was pretty awesome in Seattle. Um, I felt a little bad. Um because it was pretty similar um, to – so about a month or so ago, there was the um, article in the New York Times about the Petty um scene in New York right. in the boroughs. Do you remember uh-huh.
0: this? I remember hearing about it. I don't think I actually read the article.
1: But... All right. It's pretty condemning, and it actually led to some moves by the city. Like, they started to look into it and make some changes. So um, I took our talent – And our client to a place called Imperial Foot in Seattle, which if you're listening, heed the tip, man, Imperial Foot, 30, um, actually, no, it was $27 for an hour-long massage. um, Starts with a foot soak and then um, moves on to like a massive, like super heavy-duty foot massage. Um, like intense you're like oh it hurts you know wow. and I had a big big man rubbing me big <laughs> big hands like and I was like I'm just gonna take it from this dude and right. get it like everything he's got I'm just gonna take it so he was getting after it and um, it hurt man it hurt it, but you you keep all your clothes on you're in this like lazy boy kind of situation right. Um, and they just put a towel over each part that they're gonna rub you know um, hour long massage, unbelievable, unbelievable. He did things like it was crazy. Um, 27 bucks, you know what I mean? That's somebody, crazy. I mean, when you think about like the massages,
0: are you into massages? Um, I mean, I certainly, I don't go regularly. I, I, you yeah. know, I had Nicole's, one of Nicole's aunts trained in, um, shiatsu. Oh she yeah. He needed a lot of like practice hours. So well, we bad. would go at like a serious discount. I think it was like 10 or 15 bucks. To, you know that went to the school and oh Jesus yeah you know she was doing like finishing her schoolwork or whatever so. yeah so yeah for a while I was going on the rag and it was awesome and Nicole goes um, almost every week and gets a shiatsu massage, oh good but I don't yeah man it's legit
1: Beth and I are are definitely into it we haven't since we've been in Minneapolis we don't go as often it's pricey I mean let's face it it's one hundred and twenty bucks a throw but I mean this massage is. Way better than tons I've had for, you know, four times the cost.
0: Right.
1: You know, wow. and yeah, I, you know, you 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 know, obviously that this person could be earning a lot better if they were, you know, a little bit more, you know, immersed in this in the culture, like could speak English better. Right. So there's somebody's getting over a little bit there. You can yeah. tip them heavy. Just tip them heavy cash at at the scene instead of at the desk. You know what I mean? And then right. you feel a little bit better about yourself. But it's and plus the guy, you know, you just talk to him and he's a, it's not like he's, you know, crying while he's giving you a massage or anything. <laughs> but I mean, it was, it was killer. We had a,
0: Seattle was nice. We had a,
1: we That's had a awesome. good day there. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I've had a couple, you know, uh, speaking of Pasadena, I think I told you we went to Union in Pasadena. You we're telling me that. And yeah, was man. Unreal. One of the best meals I've had in a long time. We had this um, hot Nectarine in like a brown sugar with sage appetizer that was just out of this world. I mean, every single dish we had at this place. We had a deconstructed uh, caprese with burrata and like heirloom little kind of mini heirloom tomatoes that was unbelievable. Deconstructed in just like things were in separate it was places. All and- just kind of like yeah, in piles, kind of on the plate with the oil you know, around it or whatever, and you kind of assembled it as you were taking each bite. Was a burrata? Like, oh, my. The burrata. Tampon. Oh, man. So this burrata was unreal. Oh, my And God. this place was all about, like, simple ingredients, used wells, you know, so that they can shine, let the ingredients shine, like, get the by far the best stuff. They had Alice Waters quotes all over the place. It was awesome. So that... Been to Din Tai Fung a lot for dumplings. For anyone who's in the L.A. area, you should definitely – I think they have six locations now or something. It's like a dumpling empire, but these dumplings are out of this world. All the dumplings have a little bit of broth in them. So they're not technically soup dumplings, but they've all got that soup dumpling-like sort of um, texture. I I don't know. It's been a while since we went to the place that Mark H. took us to in – um out in the avenues out right? in the avenues in yeah. San Francisco so I don't know like it's hard to AB but like Din Tai Fung is amazing and then uh the last meal quickly that I had of note that I really liked we were in New York and um I think a little bit north maybe in Nolita uh we went to a place called Parm have you been to this place it's a tiny little looks like is it kind of new might be might be new. It it sort of has like a very traditional Italian oh, little counter okay. vibe. Uh, I was thinking
1: of something else. I thought you were talking about another dumpling place.
0: And uh know this place is called Parm. It's an Italian place. You go in, get a chicken parm on a roll, comes out fried with like some fresh Fuck mozzarella, and some sauce on Are you it. Oh me? my god. Life That's one of the greatest things in the world. Life changing chicken parmesan sandwich. Oh man. So Parm. Parm in New York. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm
1: I'm in Pasadena next week and potentially New York the week after. So I'll report back because I'm definitely
0: hitting both of those. (laughs) I'll hit Union Street. Union is just, it is on Union Union Street. It's just in from the intersection of Union and not too, like a couple blocks off. So if you, you know where uh, their office is just off the main drag. So if you go, it's just like, if you go off that main drag, like a block and a half up to Union, you turn left. Union's kind of like a little alley. It's Got like it. Four shops in. Okay, cool. And you're right there, and it's unreal. Oh well, I'll so be hitting good. that
1: for sure. And there's no question I'm hitting that Parm.
0: Oh, this place is made for you.
1: Fucking hey, man. There's nothing better than a Chick yeah. Parm sandwich.
0: And I, I have to say, so the, the the deal is, you can get it on a roll or on like a hero. Yeah. And the hero is just like massive and it's piled with like tomatoes and lettuce the roll is a little more like pure you know you're getting on a nice like seated roll the big piece like you know poking out of the this giant okay. yeah, roll yeah 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 perfectly fried piece of chicken you know with some really awesome like perfectly executed tomato sauce and awesome fresh mozzarella Jesus Christ man so good that is so good <laughs> killer alright oh, yeah. All right, man. Let's get into it. it. This episode is a stump episode. Yes. And the challenge this week was to come with three movies or TV shows or whatever um, that are currently streaming on Netflix that you think the other person – that are great. Great. Let's qualify. Yeah. Not just any old piece of shit that's streaming on Netflix. Totally. A great movie currently streaming on Netflix that you think the other person hasn't seen. Might be in your queue. You might have heard of it, but you haven't seen it. Fucking... it
1: No, that's... Yeah, that's it. This was hard, man. I'll tell you, because there was a... There were a bunch in there that immediately I went to, and I was like, ah, he's fucking seen that. He's seen that. He's seen that. Um, because, I mean, it's... I don't know. It's, it's somewhat finite. Because, I mean, off the top, you're cutting out... Like, 80% of the shit on Netflix, you're cutting out right off the top. Right. Because you've seen it or it's not good. Yeah. Right. So you're down to a pretty small, you know,
0: somewhat small sliver. I'll Um, I'll say I feel pretty good about my list. I think there's a chance you'll have seen. I think there's a, I'll put it at a 25% chance you've seen one of them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Excuse me. And a 5% chance you've seen the other ones.
1: Okay. I went a little bit, There's a couple that I kind of – I think you you may win on this because there's – I got a couple in here that I'm pretty – one of them I think I'm pretty sure you've seen, but I have to talk about it because it's (laughs) so good and it's been streaming for so long Wow! that – Like, I don't, I almost don't, I'll concede the, the, the loss. Like, just to talk about it. Yeah, man, it's so good. good. But there, like, there are a couple, let me just, and and as always, as we always fucking do and drag this out, honorable mentions, but ones that I know that you've seen. Um, so, um, so Vinterberg, who you turned me on to. Yes. And shockingly, I had never known about because I'm an enormous Von Trier fan. Right. And he's part of the Dogma 95, and I had never seen him, and you turned me on to him. Um, so I went back and saw the celebration was fucking floored. It's one of the greatest movies yeah, ever. I agree. Um, and what's streaming on Netflix now is the hunt.
0: Is that the Mads Mickelson? Yes. Yes. I have seen it. It's killer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so hard to watch. It's oh, my God. It's brutal. I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal. Not that any of his films are that easy to watch. No, they're
1: all hard to watch. Yeah. But – In the best way possible. It, oh, for sure. Yeah. So we won't get into it, but that was on there. Um, but I knew that you'd seen it.
0: Um, Blue Ruin, I'm almost sure you've seen. I have seen. Killer, yeah. right? Really good. Yep. And actually, Christian and I um, – it has Devin Rattray in it as the friend who he learns to shoot from. Okay, yeah. And um, Devin was in something that Christian and I did for a different project. We did a, a series of short, like an online interactive sitcom thing for Microsoft, for MSN, actually. Okay. And he was in that. And he's a really good guy. Really? Very talented. I would love to see him in more stuff, actually. Well, that's, it must have been nice to see him in this. You know, he, he played the older brother in the Home Alone movies. That's where he got famous. And he, evidently his mom is a famous acting coach in New York. Like most of the actors coming out of New York had classes with this woman when they were young. Wow. Okay. So um, so he's like been in the New York acting scene for a long time. So he got into the Home Alone movies as the older brother. Yeah. And then kind of didn't do anything, was in a few things here or there. So I was glad to see him in that. And I think he did a good job. In it.
1: Oh, man. I think I think that was cast so well. That whole thing is killer.
0: Yeah. And then the other
1: honorable mention that I, I think you've seen, we've talked about it, is The Act of Killing. Um,
0: we've talked about it, but I haven't seen Son it. Son of a
1: bitch. I should have put yeah. it on there. All right. Well, anybody... I think
0: you have talked about it before, though.
1: One of the greatest documentaries ever made. Yeah. So, and that's from like 2012 or 2013. Right. Could even be last year. I don't know. But that's one of the greatest documentaries ever. So, All that's right. streaming on Netflix. So, watch it. So, that. What,
0: what you got? Hit, hit right, me with... All right. Number first- one... Is um, Tuesday After Christmas. Have not seen it. No? I don't even think I've heard of it. Okay. It's
1: a Romanian film, um, L- uh, Love Triangle. Huh. Um, 2011. Um, it's amazing. Um, you know, I mean, Love tri- Triangles are a well-known quantity, right, in yep. in dramas. And um, literature. Yeah. And literature, of course, yeah. Um, so this separates itself from the pack and as far as film goes in that it sits, um, it's crafted so well that he, it it turns into like this almost like Hitchcock sort of like level of suspense when, you know, in a Hitchcock film, usually lives are at stake, you know, at at this level, it's a marriage that's at stake. Hmm. Um, But it still brings you up to that, especially if you're married, you know, um, and you know the importance of a marriage, it brings you up to that level of suspense um, where it's basically this guy who is having an affair um, with a much younger woman, and he's very much in love with his wife, and he's also very much in love with his mistress, and Christmas is coming up, and he has to make a decision by Christmas, Um, and, like... There is just there are a number of scenes in this that are just so suspenseful, and it starts out with like this it, with it being kind of like ah, this isn't that bad and he's also it's very objective there are no villains he's not the bad guy hmm. it's just a very interesting like look at a love triangle and how oh. it plays out and and when it does um you know as it always will turn bad um it's epic man like the the it's heartbreaking the scene with his w- wife like it's gnarly it's a it's a great great film um and 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 so nice to you know i just love like you get so sick of American movies, it's so nice to watch foreign film, you know right. So this one, I you,
0: I think you'd really yeah, dig it. it sounds man. awesome. I'm going to watch it this weekend. Yeah,
1: you should. I think you'd really like it. It's really well written. Cool. Um, well executed. So Tuesday after Christmas, Romanian
0: film. I don't know the director. 2011. Sounds awesome. All right. One nothing. One nothing. One in the bank. Boom. All right. My first pick. This is one I think I'm putting a, a slim chance that you've seen this. Oh, come one. on, baby. Come on. Uh, it's a documentary. Yes. Which I know bodes well for you. Yes. It's called All This Mayhem. Oh, I can't say that I've seen it. What is what it's, is it? It's about two brothers who are skaters. They're these complete oh, redneck white trash skaters from Australia. I have not I'm dying to see that. Oh, it's so good. Is it it looks so fucking killer? It follows these kids from Tell me. the origins of the scene. There's like a public park that has a metal half pipe, and these kids are just like complete out of their skull, white, like, they, they, they themselves start by saying, I think, like, if we were from the States, they have a term for it in Australia that's, like, I think the equivalent term for, like, what we, our family and where we come from is redneck. <laughs> like, they say, they say that in the <laughs> beginning of the film. And there's these, like, poor-ass kids that had nothing to do that somehow found skateboarding. And they were just so fearless these kids that they just like started ruling on the half pipe and they quickly got sponsored by a local shop. And then they realized, you know, they talk and these these kids would just like, they were watching all the skate documentaries that we watched growing up and they were seeing the Bones Brigade and they were seeing Tony Hawk. And this kid was like, as a little just skate kid in Australia was like, I'm going to go to the United States and I'm going to fucking beat Tony Hawk. Yeah. And they did end up like scraping together just the bare amount of money to go to the states they lived in a skate park um they just partied and skated all the time and like hit the top of this this is documented about them hitting the very ultimate top of the skating world and then crashing down.
1: That's what I thought. Right. I mean, like they just imploded, right? Under, with like a little bit of money and not a lot
0: of common right. sense. Like or a, Like a lot of athletes do. You yeah. Know, kids that came from nothing have no idea what to do with stardom or money or any of that kind of stuff. And yeah, just got into like super heavy partying. And um, so it's, in a way, it's like a common story in the skate world. Like we've seen it through the Alva crew and Tony Alvin, we've seen it with Christian Hassoi, and that's what the Christian Hassoi documentary is about. But this has a little bit of a different twist, just because they're coming. It's interesting to see the skate culture like in parallel in Australia. It's oh, also yeah. fascinating the relationship these two brothers had because they both were like on top, neck and neck, like fighting for the world championship, like during the early X Games and things like that. Really, yeah, really good. Their names were. Toss and Ben Pappas. No shit. You know, a little, like, Greek connection there. Yeah, like, yeah. Two sort of white trash, essentially. Like, almost... Uh, uh, for a while, I was like, are these kids, like, gypsy kids? Or right. Or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but awesome. Really good documentary. All this mayhem. Fucking A,
1: man. Yeah, that's... that's. I remember seeing the trailer and saying to myself that that'll look killer. All right, 1-1. One, one. All right. Tie ball game. This one... This one I'm pretty sure you've seen, but it's so fucking good. I've, I watch it like, I've seen it like five times on Netflix. Uh, Titanic. <laughs> you got me. Have you seen it? It's so fucking good. Um, Troll Hunter. I haven't seen it. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Um, well, I'm more excited that you're going to see it because you're going to fucking love it. It's, um, Oh God, it's so
0: good! Norwegian, um, another foreign film. It it's, sounds so familiar. The title, well, it, and when you say it's Norwegian, yeah. Well, I think you've probably scrolled by it because it's
1: been kind of a hit on Netflix okay. for some time, and it's been up since since since, since it's it's an inception. Like I think it's been up for a couple of years on Netflix, but it's so so good. It's this um, it's this little crew of of uh, documentary young documentary filmmakers that are going to um uncover like you know they believe that the norwegian government is doing a bunch of things to hide the fact that trolls are still a major impact in the country
0: yeah <laughs> i have not seen this but it sounds amazing it's so good so they go in and they
1: find this. And it's,
0: it's real or is it satire no it's satire okay it's a horror right. movie yeah um It's a horror film, so like a mock mockumentary horror film. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so
1: they uncover, like they come across this guy who is a troll hunter. Um, but he like he's you know starts out like impossible to get next to. He won't talk to anybody. Super undercover. But they see him with like this insane setup, like this sick Land Rover with all these like it's rimmed with lights tons of really bright lights and he's got all this crazy stuff and he smells really bad <laughs> and like they can't so they're just they're just trying to figure out this guy and they keep working on working on they finally break him and because he's so sick of the bullshit that the government's like forcing him to do and hide it and he's like fuck the government fuck everybody fine I'll let you know what I'm gonna f- tell you the real story full come access. with me yeah. full access and he brings them in and they're like oh my god and then the story goes and it's so
0: Good. Awesome. It,
1: it's so good. There's, so, I, uh, yeah, I can't wait until you see it because there's like, there's such, good, <laughs> there's so many good lines in it and the, the effects are, are good. There's some, killer scenes cool. you will enjoy I, I, that very I much i'm
0: also gonna watch that this weekend i can't wait to take these down yeah man yeah, yeah likewise all right two one two okay one. this next one is the one that i'm worried about oh good because i think you and i might have like shared the trailer with each other and i know that you were inter- at least interested in this okay so but it's it's brand new streaming on netflix so i'm hoping that you just haven't had time oh right it's um, the Iranian film. A girl walks home alone at night. Oh my god! I started it. I don't.
1: We're in trouble here because I started. It's Vice, right? Yeah, yeah. I watched Vice
0: is uh, distributing it. Is, is distributing
1: like it? Yeah. Um, I watched the first ten minutes of it. So I'm gonna say it, I have not seen it. No, because I I like watched like the you know the um, opening sequence. And then I I fell asleep. I was doing something.
0: I I will say. Is is it good? Hang with it for more. Oh, my God. I think it's unbelievably amazing. Really? So it's like once you get into it, it's like if Jim Jarmusch got together with Quentin Tarantino, who was doing an homage to like spaghetti westerns or something. Holy shit. And made a vampire film about a Muslim woman. You know, it's like so it's like Persepolis meets jim jarmusch meets (laughs) quentin tarantino doing an homage to like weird spaghetti westerns or something oh that's killer unbelievably it's funny it's super well acted it's like there are some tense moments like it has that suspense of like the horror film you want but it's like it's so original you know in the way it pulls all those elements and in the culture that it's in and um i just think it's it's unbelievable. I think it's blow away. Oh. I was I ex- I went into it expecting a lot from the trailer, and um, I think it totally delivers. I think it's an amazing film. Oh, I you can't know what? Recommend it highly enough.
1: That's tonight. I'm watching that tonight for sure. Okay, cool. Good to know that it's good. Cause yeah, I I turned it on. I was like, this is good, and I I just fell asleep. Not that it was out of right. not because I was bored or anything, but because I was just. I'm fucking old. I fall
0: asleep fucking whenever. All right. Well, I appreciate even though you've seen the the first part of it. I appreciate you giving it to me. So Oh,
1: no, wait, man. I'm not giving that away. That's that's not. I have not fucking seen it. I couldn't tell you anything about it. I've not seen it.
0: All right. 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. All right. Let's see if we can right, bring this feel, one home. I feel the home pretty team. good about this one because I think he would
1: I think he would turn away in disgust. <laughs> I really do. But I'm going to tell you that it's worth watching. The Queen of Versailles, 2012 American documentary about this heinous couple in Florida. This guy who builds – he, he's
0: um, – I'm pretty sure this is also in my list, but I haven't seen it. Okay, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's – I think maybe you even told me about it at one point. Really? And that's why I added it, but yeah. Um. So this couple – it's this guy.
1: I forget his name. Fucking doesn't matter. He's a, um, timeshare mogul, a fucking mutt moron. This guy is an idiot. Right. And he marries an idiot. She, he marries this woman who's like Miss Florida. They're between the two of them. Couldn't like put like 30 brain cells together. Like, honestly, right. it's unbelievable. And also on top of that, they're just like the grossest Americans. They live in Orlando and they, built this, um, they live in an enormous house, a house that has, it's 26,000 feet, but it's filled with American crap, like just garbage piles of everything. So all 26,000 feet of it is filled with crap, but they're building the biggest, the, the largest, um, family home in America on the other side of Orlando. It's 90,000 square feet. Holy it's cow. huge. It has 30 bathrooms. It has a baseball field, a skating rink, a bowling alley. What it has the 10 hell? kitchens. One's a sushi kitchen. It's ridiculous. This guy's a billionaire and he's just like, right. you know, just doing it because he can, admittedly, right. you know. And this guy is such a piece, man. They're like, so um, he's talking about like how. He was responsible, personally responsible, for getting George W. Bush elected. And he's like, you know, well, maybe if I didn't stick my nose in, there wouldn't have been an Iraqi war. But, you know, who knows? And you're just like, oh, my God. Sounds like a megalomaniac. Complete megalomaniac. Absolute. Yeah. No question. So in the middle of him building this huge house, and also he's building his fortune on real estate, right? He's selling timeshares. Right hits September 2008. So all of his timeshare business, all that, because he relied on quick, cheap money.
0: Right. Because
1: he's catering to people that are in, not rich people, Right, because rich people buy vacation homes. Yeah, people that can't afford vacation homes buy timeshares. Right, so he's his business runs on quick, easy, free or cheap money. Right, that dried up immediately, so his business tanked, and then he couldn't afford to fund this house. So you see the decline of this family. He's got eight kids in this house. He's seventy four. She's forty. There's like. And the house is so nice. It's this mansion, but it's covered in, like, dog shit. They, like... And there's amazing scenes. The thing that's great about it... It's a documentary, obviously. But the access is unbelievable. Like, there's incredible footage of, like, the the limousine stretch limousine parked outside McDonald's. They eat at McDonald's like five times a week. And she walks in and buys like just sacks of Big Macs and chicken nuggets and then gets back in the limousine and drives away and you're just like... What do they need a sushi kitchen for? <laughs> These people... <laughs> just because? It's shocking. So yeah. it's it's great because it's American excess like personified right. in person. Like it's a documentary yeah. and you're seeing it. But it's also a record... Of, like, the great repression right. in 2008, you know, yeah. and, um, and what, like, was kind of happening with Wall Street and with Main Street, and it's kind of a reminder, the you know,
0: real scam and market. And- yeah. <laughs> and this guy's like the, the epitome of the person scamming people on exactly
1: estate. the fall from grace that's like you know ostensibly it's a story about this one unique family, but it's a it, you know as all great documentaries there's another layer that tells a whole other story about something hmm. bigger, so
0: awesome yeah,
1: that check one it sounds out
0: good yeah. Yeah, check it out it's it's
1: yeah, it's appealing on a lot of levels
0: all right, so I'm gonna say there's a very slim chance that you've seen this last one okay it's a German film, all right, drama. Yeah, called the Dark Valley.
1: I don't think I've seen
0: it. It's a sort of like a revenge flick. It's set in the 19th century. Uh, this guy stranger comes to town. Sort of has that like kind of you know uh, outlaw Josie Wales sort of Clint Eastwood vibe to it. But it's like set in a completely different context. It's in this remote village up in the mountains. This guy comes to town and. There's this one family with, like, six brothers that sort of lords over this town. And he comes into town, and at first you're like, this guy's just a tourist. He's up. The reason, he wants to stay in the the village for the winter. And ostensibly the reason he wants to stay is because he's a photographer. And we're talking, like, pull off the lens, like, two minute. He's got a metronome that he uses for the exposures. Oh, okay. This is, like, horses, you know, wood Wood-fired ovens, like this is okay. Just like maybe post-colonial living we're talking about here, like early 1800s probably uh, when this is set. So what you come to find out is um, the brothers in this family uh, start dying, and it's this guy's responsible. He's like taking revenge out on this family, and you Shut up. slowly start to find out why, like what the what's going on. There's like a messed up vibe, and sort of weird archaic, this weird archaic tradition that's happening in this remote village. I don't want to spoil like what's actually happening because it reveals organically in a really nice way. Um But it's, if you like, it's a, m- a more realistic sort of action film. It's not like high action or stylized action in or, a period in piece, which it's a period helps to kind of, yeah. Yep. But uh, it's, It's badass. No shit. I think it's definitely worth watching. What's the name of it again? It kind of reminds me a lot of Blue Ruin, actually. The pacing and the more realistic sort of like – and that's kind of a revenge tale as well. For sure. You know, about this guy who's like going after this family that killed his father. Very much, yeah. um, It is – sorry, what did you say? What's the name of it again? The Dark Valley. The Dark Valley. How old is it? I think it's only a couple years old. Really? It's a, it's a German film. I didn't recognize, obviously, any of the actors. It's probably, like, all independent German actors, you know?
1: There's so many great movies coming out. Yeah. Like,
0: the last 10 years have been amazing. You know, yeah. Christ, the last 20 years. So many great movies. It's true. Yeah, the rise of independent cinema has been pretty awesome. Oh, uh, it's so good. The Dark Valley. Well, he- here we are. Locked yeah, up. Three. Locked up. Hey, I think we. have This may be the we're first time. A tiebreaker. You want? You want to go for a tiebreaker? Oh shit! Just go off the cuff here. Yeah, you have something else in your list. Tiebreaker. I'll start because I had oh, something. That was an honorable mention. I should. I should. I should kept my mouth shut. Yeah. Have you seen um, the Thirty for Thirty documentary? Straight out of L.A. Nope. It is so awesome. First of all. Every thirty for thirty documentary on Netflix is amazing. There's a ton of them. Yeah. I recommend watching all of them. They're great. This one, which was shot by Ice Cube, uh, is particularly good. It's about the history of the L.A. Raiders in o- in uh, L.A. when they moved from Oakland to L.A. Yep, and the Raiders influence their cultural influence on the hip hop scene and oh, N.W.A. Dude. and all those bands. Are you were serious? Up. That's killer. Yeah. So awesome. Holy shit. And I believe that was also like the era of the Raiders when Bo – was it – did Bo Jackson play for the Raiders? Um, Or maybe it was – I couldn't say. One of those like really famous guys from that time came and played for the Raiders. It might might not have been Bo Jackson. It might have been – there was that kid who was that like superstar quarterback who like – was like addicted to drugs and like washed out after a couple seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But I think maybe he tied into that same era as well. But, um, anyways, killer movie about sports in LA and the LA community and just like hip hops, you know, the hip hop scene at that time and the influence really, really good documentary 30 for 30 straight out of LA shot. by
1: Heller man. Yeah. That sounds great. Those 30 for 30s. I don't need any, Teasing to watch those. Those things are so good. Fuck, you got me on the spot here, man. I'm. I don't know. God, what have I been watching, dude? All right, you know, uh, you got. I'll, I'll come clean. I've been watching trash on Netflix. I've been watching fucking Sons of Anarchy.
0: I have seen Sons of Anarchy. Have you? For sure. I I watched it when it was on. And I think what's funny is the first season of that show where they were doing basically the Hamlet thing. Yeah. Hamlet through the lens of the the motorcycle gang I thought was really interesting. And then they just totally abandoned that. They did. I think it was because um, both of the characters and both those actors were so good. They were like, well, we can't have this resolve in like one of them. Killing the other or a power struggle. That's Let's right. Move away from that and just explore other things. Yeah, and it went on
1: to become a soap
0: opera. Yeah, you know, um, as most of those shows do, and they start yeah. to run out of steam. It's just easy to, you know, go back, fall back on some of those more conventional sort of dramatic ways of creating tension and yeah, and drama. All right. Well, I can't. I can't yeah. let that be my. You just. I,
1: all right, well, you know what? I watched the whole season. I watched the whole the whole thing, which. <laughs> I don't know for words, Christ! How many hours is that?
0: Fucking hell, a lot, probably. I mean, God damn it! I, I think a lot of people have watched that show. You can't get that. You can't get that time back. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like for me. It went off. Totally went off the rails. I stopped watching that show when they went to Ireland. I was like, this should have been good, but there's something about it that just didn't work. He was like they took his son to Ireland or something like that. And he was chasing after like the IRA. It was a stretch. That was his a stretch, was a, was stretch. Was like, a little on, bit, man. but anyway, anyhow. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks as always to Kaya Fisher for the audio assistance. Yes. Uh, if you want to get in touch, reach out on Twitter at glopodcast. Uh, at GLO podcast, Other than that, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon. All right, see ya.